Hello and welcome back to the Joint Venture Podcast, Inspiration Insights. This week, we are joined by a special guest, our head of product, Vikas Makwana. Thank you for having me. Who will take a deep dive into our very own league tables and why they are relevant and interesting and unique within the market. We are also joined by our head of news, Rob Leeming, who will talk about what has been a very busy week PPA-wise and also dive into some notable financing deals in the UK and in mainland Europe. Right. So jumping in PPA-wise, um, it appears that 2023 is turning out to be quite the bumper year for PPAs, and every week we discuss what has been done in the PPA market. Would you like to walk us through what has transpired in the PPA market this week? Yes. Um, well, as you said, PPA is very much on everyone's minds uh, this week, not least because um, I went to Pexapark's investment forum um, on Thursday of last week, and they revealed some quite interesting figures that, that, that um, they've kind of witnessed during um, the first quarter of the year. They've seen 5.5 gigawatts of capacity awarded in PPAs across 68 deals, representing uh, a surprising rally, uh, given the turbulence seen on energy markets in 2022. Um, and, and that figure, they said, um, represented uh, 60% of the entire deal flow that was seen during the um, entire uh, of last year. And the transformation in fortunes is quite considerable, given the uh, the slowdown in the European PPA market witnessed in 2022, which saw Inspiration's recently released European PPA outlook place the uh, continent third in terms of PPAs signed behind North America and the Asia-Pacific, with um, nine gigawatts of, of deals inked. Um, so this PPA boom is is largely being powered by, by corporates, a trend that has been uh, visible for for some time um, and overall the, the 2023 um, PPA boom comes as a, a direct result of a more hospitable trading atmosphere spurred on by falling gas prices as we all know and declining futures as well as a series of regulatory interventions that have been um, made across Europe um, for example both in, in, in Germany and Italy um, which represent two of the busiest PPA markets um, there's been legislation passed um, in the last few months, um, basically to speed up permitting for renewable schemes in an attempt to alleviate a backlog that is slowing down project development across the continent. It was also highlighted, finally, um, during the event that a future investor operating in a fast-moving market will need to become much more adept at canny portfolio management um, in the future, developing a portfolio that is both diverse and backed by flexible financing. So confidence in the regulatory reforms and even more confident in the electricity markets and trading within it um, has brought about what might be a bumper year for green energy procurement. Very interesting to hear, Rob. Is there anything else that was noticeable? Well, the, I mean, the, the, there was a wider range of, of stuff um, discussed at that event. Not, not only um, PPS also was looking at, at storage, um, of course, with more lots more renewable capacity on coming online storage has to has to keep up which is a perennial question can storage keep pace with uh, renewables development during the event the italian and german markets were once again highlighted as having a particularly strong storage sector and um, the virtues of co-located projects were once again spelled out particularly the complex operational usage profiles that can that such projects often create all while 
reducing risk. The co-location of storage and renewable assets will be key to ensuring the security of electricity supply in the future as we approach our net zero targets. That's very interesting to hear. Yeah, for sure. And I, I was um, talking to some of the some of the people at the event. Um, what people were saying, um, for example, um, Francesco Kayabui, um highlighted the need to have the right people as well as the right hardware and software to to, to manage the journey. Interesting to hear, Rob. Uh, were these trends seen at the Pexapark Investment Forum mirrored in other deals? Yes, I mean, you know, uh, we saw at the at the Pexapark event all, all the all the figures showing all the the PPA deals that are flooding in, and then you look at the news coverage um, we've we've been putting out this week, and you see countless PPA deals, not least Sonadix um, inking a long term PPA with Equinix to offtake 150 megawatts of capacity and that deal represented the largest PPA that Sonodex has signed in Europe to date and they've signed uh, quite a few over the years. Um, it's going to be linked to two new solar projects that are being developed in Castilla-La Mancha and uh, those projects are expected to be online before the end of um, 2024. As I say, Sonodex endless PPAs. Last month um, they signed a, a 12-year power purchase agreement with um, another Spanish company, uh, Sidenor Aceros Espiale. And again, that's coming from a, another solar plant that Sonodix has developed. And then another PPA, another big one, Trailstone, inking um, a power purchase agreement with Nuveen. And they're obviously Trailstone is a global energy company. Um, they signed a route-to-market PPA with um, Glenmont, of course, which, which um, was bought by... Nuveen a couple of years ago. That is very interesting to hear, especially the fact that several of these PPAs are being sourced through greenfield projects which are currently being developed. So the pipeline is healthy and it is being developed. And I was also made aware that Glenmont is switching their strategy to focus more on greenfield projects for their PPAs rather than already established projects. Is that a unique trend we're seeing in the market? It is not um, unique. Quite quite a, a few companies um, are doing that at the moment. For example, uh, Galileo Green Energy, who were represented at the Pexapark event by uh, Roberto Pizzini. He was talking about how um, his company set off buying um, kind of brownfield projects. They've edged now towards um, developing greenfield, and basically they want to ulti- ultimately become a, an IPP. Uh, he said during the event, the event, every developer is different, and it depends on capital structure and other factors. But for Galileo, although we don't yet have assets under operation, it is our plan to do so. Um, as our investors are clean to see us become an IPP, we see value that can be extracted from projects in operation, especially in a market where assets are more and more exposed to merchant opportunities. Of course, it's more risky, but if you develop the capabilities to manage that, then there is a value to be found and potentially higher returns than just selling a project when it gets to the ready-to-build stage. So uh, some of these companies do want to actually develop the projects, not just uh, develop and build the projects. And it all comes back down to risk management, a constant theme we are addressing on a regular basis at Inspiration, here on the podcast and in our analysis and quarterly reports. Now, to talk about more notable financing deals that have happened this week, we'll go back to you, Rob, and ask first about the UK and waste energy. What's happening there? Yeah, I was talking to uh, someone who works for a fundraising uh, outfit based in London, Resonance Asset Management, um, the other day, and they were saying that they're launching uh, a new a new fund 
um, that's um, targeting about, I think, about 20 million. And uh, the fund's going to invest in, in water treatment projects. In the past, they've um, set up quite a few different funds. Um, I think the most recent one was Resonance British Wind, uh, which raised 122 million. Uh, has since invested in a portfolio of around, uh, I believe, nine wind farms. Um, in the past, they've also done a, a, a water fund, Resonance Industrial Water Infrastructure. So this new one is going to be the follow-on to that. Um, that one raised 208 million. They've since gone on to invest in a few UK projects. Um, so yeah, interesting to see um, new funds being um, set up there in an area where you don't often see them water. It's amazing to see the interest that's being attracted by several funds focused around the energy transition, waste Im- waste energy, wind, solar, and the like. So that is confidence in the market. Good. At the same time, um, we have covered several auctions at Inspiratia, and one thing we've noted is the undersubscribed nature of said auctions. However, despite this, offshore wind keeps going from stride to stride, and we are seeing several subsidy-free deals and also zero-bid deals across the continent, particularly in the Nordics. Is there anything interesting happening in offshore wind in the Nordics? Yes, well, there's, there's not, not a month goes by without um, a kind of new investment flowing into the, uh, the, the Nordic offshore uh, market. And one of the more considerable stories this week was renewable power capital securing $197 million to, to refinance three of its um, offshore wind farms in, in, in off the coast of Finland. Um, and in that case, uh, the money has been provided by Communal Credit. They were the lead arranger and, and structured the deal. Um, and it's a, it's a long-term debt package that replaces a short-term construction loan. Um, so again, this is an example of uh, you know confidence in projects, confidence in, in, in returns on investment and routes to market when you see... Uh, you know, short-term deals like that being replaced with um, something a little longer term. It is very interesting to see that confidence in the market where it is already mature and several deals are, and several projects have merchant operations and are able to capture um, higher profits because of that, alongside good risk management. Thank you for that news update, Rob. Thanks, Chad. And now we move on to our analysis section. And this week, we have our head of product, Vikas Makwana. Thank you for having me, Jedwa. And today, Vikas will take a deep dive into Inspiratia's league tables, uh, what they are, and their unique position in the market. So to begin, Vikas, can you tell us what the league tables are? Absolutely. So the league tables are rankings for the most active investors, law firms, financial advisors, and project debt finance arrangers in the global energy transition sector. The submissions are credited quarterly across financial, legal, and lenders. The league tables serve a valuable resource for evaluating the contributions and expertise of various entities in driving the transition to a more sustainable energy future. For sure. And we have noticed that our league tables are one of our more popular products. Uh, especially with the demographic you have mentioned. Um, So how do you go about collecting the data for the league tables? The data team collect the vital information from our daily news, market updates, as well as through our quarterly submissions received from financial, legal and lenders. For sure. Very interesting to hear. 
And just to establish the interest in the league tables and who is the target market, why are ours of particular interest? So league tables uh, rank the top participants in the global energy transition and sustainable sector. We also dive deeper into the data showcasing the top countries and subsectors across the current market. By having the rankings across financial, legal and lenders categories, these league tables provide a holistic view of the industry considering the diverse roles and contributions of different stakeholders. As you said, we have league tables discussing performance of financial advisors, legal advisors and lenders in both the renewables and infrastructure sectors revolving around the energy transition. To begin our deep dive, let's talk about the financial advisors. Let's start with the top performing financial advisors. Can you walk us through the rankings and the highlights and any significant deals and trends seen in Q1 2023? Absolutely. According to the data from Inspiratia, PEI Global Partners has secured the top spot with a total disclosed transaction volume of $648 million coming from two eligible deals. The standout project in this quarter is Hector Energy, a US-based renewables developer who has successfully closed a capital raise that will be used to support the expansion of its solar and battery storage pipeline in North America. NatWest and Baltic secured the second and third position, respectively. I'm also quite interested in knowing where financial advisors are particularly active, especially in Q1 2023. So in terms of uh, the top countries by deal count, the USA and Spain were the most active regions in Q1 2023, with ample geographical and economic conditions for the installation of wind and solar farms at scale. Solar and battery storage projects were the safest subsectors to invest in, with the technologies going hand in hand. And that's very interesting, considering Rob has just discussed that there is an increased importance in co-locating storage with renewable assets. But Vikas, what do you think contributed to the success of financial advisors in uh, Q1 2023? Solar and battery storage projects have become cheaper to install, making them an attractive investment option. Additionally, with the growth in installations, there is an equally significant need for a sufficient distribution network to transmit renewable electricity to appropriate sources, hence the growth in electricity distribution projects. For sure. Thank you very much. That's very interesting, Vikas. What about any noteworthy deals that were submitted to us? Uh, certainly. One example is the investment in IQSI, a company that specializes in the design and manufacturing of systems that can optimize and improve electricity consumption in various industries. Institutional investor Morera Capital Partners made a 30% stake acquisition in IQSI, where the 10.7 million US dollars invested will be used for R&D, new facilities, and growing the team. The deal reached financial close in January 2023, where EY acted as a financial advisor to Moraya Capital Partners. Now, moving on to lenders, the first quarter of 2023 saw several banks participate in renewable energy projects with 38 eligible projects and a total disclosed volume of 24.3 billion US dollars. Most projects were primary financing, with only a few being refinancing and acquisition. And the top players, most notably for the first time, was Bayern LB, who ranked first, Barclays, ABSA, Banco, BPM, and ABN AMRO. So, Vikas, talking about the top performer, uh, Barclays seems to be pretty popular. Um, which sectors did Barclays predominantly participate in during Q1 2023? So Barclays were active in uh, biofuels and waste-to-energy projects. Uh, they have ranked uh, first time in Q1 2023, so it was a, a great start of the year. Um, so hoping uh, they can provide more submissions and be re-ranked in, a, uh, in the top three rankings in the coming quarters. 
Interesting. Um, what about Project One and which lenders participated in this deal? Project One um, was a quite interesting project where a South African-based bank, APSA, acted as a lender where the deal consisted of biofuels in Belgium. Moving on to regions, which country had the most deals in Q1 2023 and which sector was most popular in said country? If you're looking at the deals uh, by regions, North America topped the first place, whereas USA secured top place at a deal count of 12 and a cumulative total of 4.2 billion US dollars. Now, what does the data suggest about this current state of renewable energy projects and lender participation in Q1 2023? Renewable energy projects have been experiencing significant growth and increasing investor interest in the recent years. Many countries have set ambitious renewable energy targets to combat climate change. Now, moving on to the legal advisor side of things. In this quarter, DLA Piper, Watson, Farley and Williams and Norton Rose Fulbright were among the top legal advisors, focusing on projects in Europe and North America. DLA topped the list with a total of 29 deals reaching financial close followed by Watson, Farley and Williams with 19 deals. Uh, Link Latters, while having the lowest deal count among the top 10, had the largest transaction volume. Um, DLA is a predominant player in the renewable space. Um, Vikas, can you provide more insight into DLA Piper's notable deals this quarter? Absolutely. Um, as mentioned, DLA uh, ranked, uh, ranked with 29 deals across a community total of 2.5 billion US dollars. One prominent deal for the first quarter was the establishment of a joint venture between Galileo, a pan-European multi-technology renewable energy development and investment platform, which has built a joint venture with the Polish developer RR Solar, also providing development services to co-develop up to 300 megawatts of, or more of battery storage projects. The deal reached financial close with a transaction volume of 673 million US dollars. What about Watson, Farley and Williams' approach to primary financing deals and how does this contribute to the market? Watson, Farley and Williams uh, achieved second place in Inspiration's renewable rankings with a total deal count of 19, reaching financial close in the first quarter and amassing a transaction volume of 532 million US dollars. In this quarter, Watson Finally Williams' main focus was on solar, wind and hydrogen. Watson Finally Williams relied heavily on primary financing deals, which accounted for almost 70% of the deals completed in the first quarter. What about the key trends that the renewable energy sector is experiencing in Europe and North America in Q1 2023? And how did this affect legal advisors in the industry? The key trends are the use of technologies and evolving rapidly within solar, wind, energy storage and grid integration. Thank you so much, Vikas. That was a jam-packed data session. We've covered the top deals and top trends that we have received through our submissions in our rankings. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? We are also now open uh, to those who would like to throw their hats in, in the ring for our top technical advisors rankings for the upcoming quarters. Feel free to email uh, datalive.inspiration.com or myself at v.makwana.inspiration.com. Uh, we're more than happy to have a brief discussion about the rankings and, and you can also participate in other players in the market as well. Right. Thank you so much, guys. I've really enjoyed our discussion today. Thank you for taking a deep dive into our league tables, Vikas. Thank you much for this opportunity. And as always, thank you, Rob, for covering the best news. Thanks, Chadwell. Thank you for listening, and we will be back with you next week. We welcome your feedback, and if you'd like to reach out to us or get in touch, reach us on podcasts at inspiration.com. Once again, that's podcasts at inspiration.com. Goodbye.